the sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, for August 1st, 2010. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God through which the Holy Spirit directs us to our Savior to strengthen our prayers is the Gospel, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And it happened when Jesus was in a place praying. After he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Keep giving us our daily bread day by day, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive all who owe us, and lead us not into temptation. In addition, he said to them, Who of you would have a friend, and go to him in the middle of the night, and say to him, Friend, lend me three pieces of bread, since my friend has come to me on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And the one inside replies, Stop troubling me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed like me. I can't get up and give it to you. I say to you, even though he will not get up and get it to him because he is his friend, rather because of his boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now I myself say to you, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now what father among you, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead of a fish? Or also, if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? Therefore, if you, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father from heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Praying. It's one of the easiest things for a Christian to do. Even a little child prays. It's as natural for a child of God to go to his or her heavenly father as for an earthly child to run to daddy. Pray. I struggle with it. It's one of the hardest parts of my spiritual life. Why pray? God already knows what he's going to do. Wouldn't I be better off getting stuff done instead? Why pray? Would God really listen to someone like me, I pray. You see how my rationalizing and doubting make praying such a struggle? And I don't think I'm alone in this struggle. Even a, a great church leader like Martin Luther wrote this about prayer or said this, at times I who teach this and prescribe it to others have learned from my own example that Praying comes close to being the most difficult of all works. 
So is it any wonder, dear friend, that one of Jesus' disciples came up to him and asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus answers by, first of all, giving an example of a prayer, a prayer, uh, a short version of what we've come to call the Lord's Prayer. And then he goes on with, with some illustrations here. And as we look at, at what Jesus says here, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, how does he teach us to address the Almighty, the God of heaven and earth, the creator of all, the ruler of the universe, who lives in glory inaccessible and, and holiness unbounded. Jesus teaches us to call him Father. How astonishing. We who are but dust and ashes, sinful mortals, how astounding. That's what Jesus says here, isn't it? As he teaches us the Lord's Prayer, as he uses these illustrations, he's teaching us to call out to God as our Father. He wants you and me, he wants us to pray as children going to their dear Father. And that's the theme for us to take to heart here. Pray as a child calling out to your dear Father. But what does that mean? What does it mean to pray as a child? Jesus' two illustrations give us some insight into that. First of all, think about how you feel about borrowing something from someone, borrowing something that you should really already have on your own. Shortly after we moved here, Mary was making pancakes. And halfway through the recipe, she discovered she was an egg short. She says she felt embarrassed calling a neighbor to ask for an egg. And then, since she was in the middle of dinner, she sent me over to get the egg, and then I felt embarrassed as well. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. That's what neighbors do, and, and you're right. But would you go to your neighbor's house at midnight? And not because of a big emergency, but because you needed a few slices of bread? Would you rouse him out of bed and, and uh, disturb his entire family? Something like that? I think all of us here would would be embarrassed to do something like that, would feel shameful, and, and rightly so. But the man in Jesus' illustration here feels no shame. He's not embarrassed to go to his neighbor's house in the middle of the night and, and disturb his family for, for nothing more than three small cakes of, uh, 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 cakes of bread. Even though that means that the children that are nestled under their covers are going to be disturbed, it doesn't bother him. He doesn't feel any shame, no embarrassment. And he gets what he's asking for, not because of their friendship, but because of that boldness. You know, I don't think that's something we would do with anyone, no matter how good of friends we were with them. But that's Jesus' point here. The man gets what he's asking for, not because of the friendship they have, but because of his boldness, his shamelessness, that's unafraid to ask. And that's what Jesus invites us. That's how he invites us to approach our Heavenly Father. With that same kind of boldness, that shamelessness that's unafraid to ask. And if that weren't clear enough, Jesus himself gives us that open invitation, doesn't he? Ask, seek, knock, he says. 
anytime, anywhere, day or night, for anything big or small. He gives us that open invitation. For you see, when we pray as a child, we pray without embarrassment, unafraid to ask. Just like a little child is, is usually unafraid to ask for anything. Sometimes the parents might feel uh, 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 embarrassed by what their child asks as other, but the child doesn't feel that shame or embarrassment. Pray as a child, without embarrassment, unafraid to ask. But how can a sinner like you or like me pray without shame? Pray without embarrassment. Doesn't God's law expose our sinfulness? Isn't it the hardened conscience that refuses to, to feel shame? Aren't even the righteous things we do, just filthy rags stripped off from us, leaving us naked before the Almighty? How can we pray without shame? Well, dear Christian, even as you call out, Father, remember that a father is a father when he has a son. God is first and foremost father because from all eternity he has begotten the son. Without the son he is not the father. And so even as you call out father, ponder what God the son has done for you. He became flesh and blood coming into our dark world as a human infant. And yet that babe of Bethlehem, in that babe of Bethlehem, dwelt all the fullness of the deity in bodily form, as the second lesson from Colossians taught us again. He came to take away our shame and guilt. He came to carry our sins in our place. And as he hung there on that cross, stricken, smitten, and afflicted, as he hung there, covered in the shame of the entire world, he hung there for you. His death, he died and rose from the dead so that you may approach God as a dear child going to your dear father without shame, without embarrassment. For your sins have been paid for. They've been taken away, nailed to that cross. That's the promise God made to you when you were baptized. He promised that what Jesus did on the cross counted for you. Yes, yes, it's true that a hardened conscience refuses to acknowledge its shame, but the forgiven conscience makes no denial about how shameful our sins are, but the forgiven conscience then trusts that all that is washed away in the blood of Jesus, because that's God's promise the promise he makes in his word, the promise he made to you through the water and word of baptism. You do not stand there before God naked in your sinfulness because you've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ like a white baptismal gown covering you. And as long as you continue in your baptismal faith, you may approach God fearlessly, without shame, without embarrassment, for you are clothed Jesus. That's how we pray as a child, without embarrassment, calling out to our dear Father, for through faith in Jesus, you are his dear child. 
And as you pray as a child, pray expecting the best. That's the second point that we want to take here home here today. Pray expecting the best. Now, why should we expect the best? Well, it's not because, as the commercials say, you deserve it or you're worth it. No, you're not, I'm not, no one is. A child does not expect the best because of who he or she is. A child expects the best because of who mommy and daddy are. And that's the way Jesus wants us to pray, expecting the best because of who we are praying to. Who is the God we pray to? He is the Lord, the God who freely makes his promises and faithfully keeps them. And what a wonderful promise Jesus lays before us here. Take these words to heart. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Pray expecting the best because of God's promise. And then also, as, as Jesus goes on with the illustration here, what father would give his son a, 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 a snake instead of the fish he asked for? Or instead of an egg, would give him a scorpion? Even sinful earthly fathers like us give good gifts to our children. How much more so our heavenly father who himself is goodness and love. Pray expecting the best because of who he is. This is where my fallen human reasoning makes praying such a struggle. We pray, we look at the results, and then it seems as if God had not kept his promise. Because instead of expecting the best, we expect what we want. Instead of trusting that the all-wise God knows what is best and accepting his answer, we get our hopes and expectations built up to what we think it should be, and then when it doesn't turn out that way, we feel that, that disappointment. As if he's fallen short, as if, as if he's broken his word. And even though we use a child as an illustration of this trusting that expects the best, even a little child soon learns not to trust their parents, don't they? Now, ever see a, a temper tantrum at the candy aisle in the story, uh, in the grocery store? The child doesn't accept that answer of no as the best. Or, and, and so often we, we can act like that in our prayers. Or a, a, another illustration is, is when Caleb was, was three or four and he was opening up uh, Christmas gifts. And he tears away the wrapping paper and on the outside of the box he sees the picture there and he calls out to his sister, Abby, I got an electric knife. That, would that have been a good gift for a three-year-old? Mary had simply reused that box to make his gift easier to wrap. And then when he opens the box and finds the pajamas, even though they are his favorite Toy Story character, Woody, the, the cowboy, he still felt disappointed. It wasn't what he had had his heart set on. How often aren't we like that in our prayer life, though? 
We get our hearts set on what we expect the Lord to do, the answer that we think is best, instead of accepting what He gives. And even though He gives us the better gift, we feel that He's fallen short. We might even reject the gift that He gives because it doesn't meet what we thought. An example of that might be when money is short. We ask the Lord to give us more money, and he, he could answer that way. But maybe a better answer is to teach us contentment. You know, if he gives us more money, we can get used to having more money, and then when that's used up, feel even worse than before. But contentment is happy whether we have much or little. And that's just one example that our human reasoning can sort of comprehend. How often doesn't he answer our prayers in ways far beyond our reasoning ability to, to explain? Because you see, God looks at all of time and takes into consideration every individual as he answers your prayer so that the answer is truly the best, whether we can see it or not. And so, dear friends, pray expecting the best, not as you see it, but as God sees it. And in closing here, Jesus reminds us of what the best truly is, doesn't he? He says here, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is the bringer of all the spiritual gifts. Forgiveness, eternal life, faith, hope, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, joy, self-control, and the like. And if the great spiritual gifts are there, will not the material, physical gifts that we need be there as well? And God truly does answer the prayer of He pours out His Holy Spirit through His Word and baptism and the Lord's Supper. He pours out His Holy Spirit to work in our hearts through these means of grace. For the Spirit does not come apart from God's Word and sacrament. And so as we pray to the Lord, as we pray expecting the best, as a little child expects the best, we certainly will be using God's Word and sacrament through which alone the Holy Spirit comes, for that is the way the Lord answers His prayers, to give us the best. Lord, Teach us to pray. We too join that disciple as we so often struggle with our prayer life. Take to heart the Lord's words of command and promise to, to, that encourage our prayers. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. He keeps his word there. And that is why we are able to pray as a child as a child calling out to our dear Father in heaven, we pray without embarrassment because we know that the Son, Jesus Christ, has taken away our sins and clothed us with his righteousness so that we stand there without shame, without embarrassment, and pray expecting the best because God has promised and he does not go back on his word. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Let us pray.